I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The liberals and conservatives want to play a little game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. Lies, lies, lies. What we are seeing now is a government which is going very, very far and paying an, uh, every political price to hide something. The question is, what the hell is he trying to hide so much? Good question from the block leader. What's he trying to hide so much? Let's get Tom's opinion on that. Tom Korsky, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Hello. Hi, Alex. Yes, uh, I think a pretty simple question. What's uh, what's he got to hide? What's that guy got to hide? I mean, we voted, uh, we saw the vote, the motion, non-binding, passed in the House late yesterday afternoon, 174 to 150. The Prime Minister will not let it happen. And then uh, Mr. Johnson, he's not going to quit his friend. He's going down with this ship. It's an interesting question. You know, it's speculative. What, what would they have to hide? I think it's election. Do we have enough time in the segment? Sorry, I just want to check. I hear you. I think it's election fraud. I think there was money. I, I think there was uh, an exchange of unreported campaign contributions. You go to the penitentiary for that, by the way. That's a big deal under the uh, Canada Elections Act. What's interesting is also that Mr. Johnson would not give an inch. Prime Minister and Cabinet will not give an inch. So you know who is really in the spotlight then is Mr. Singh. Because mm. the Bloc, the uh, Conservative Party, have made their position very clear. Let's go. No confidence in this organization anymore. No confidence in Cabinet. Mr. Singh literally just a moment ago issued a statement and said he was really disappointed, Alex. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's disappointed. And you say, well, okay. So you're the guy who shows up at the poker party and says, I just want everyone to know I'm going to be folding every hand for the rest <laughs> of the night. But, but you know, maybe we could a, a, a portion of the winnings could go to the United Way. And you say, sure, sure. Anyway, let's, let's deal the cards. <laughs> and he is, uh, Mr. Singh is not going to pull those votes. And yeah, but the thing is, though, he's now mucking around like the, like the will of the uh, the will of Parliament, based on his motion, voted for the guy to go, for Johnson to go, and an inquiry to be held. Like this is all politics. But ultimately, when you hear what Mr. O'Toole said, and he went out of his way and put himself, I think, at risk in detailing what we heard, and Mr. Singh's got his own MP who's being targeted and will be for life. If you can't stand for for this, what do you stand for? Well, as Confucius but we didn't vote for say, this. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. That is a very Confucian saying. And the, the point is, he's, he, the NDP leader's been very clear. No election till 2025. Justin Trudeau and cabinet remain in office till 2025. That's the deal I signed. I'm not reneging on the deal. So you can be disappointed. And you can frown. You can feel sad. But there's a very simple remedy. I'm going to tell you how simple this remedy is. You know, we covered the, the budget bill came, just barely <laughs> limped out of the Commons mm -hmm. Finance Committee. <laughs> 29-day filibuster, 667 roll calls. What's a roll call? That's where you literally go through the members of the committee by name and ask their vote 667 times. Mrs. Green, Mr. Brown, Mr. White. And on any single one of those, those roll calls, the lone New Democrat member could have said no. And guess what? The budget is dead. You say, mm -hmm. I vote no in the next 10 minutes, boys, or you get rid of Johnson and we have a public inquiry. 
and they won't do it. And that's where we are. Yeah, and uh, it, it's incredibly uh, disappointing. Meanwhile, um, you know, they've got Dominic LeBlanc. Uh, he's doing a study because they're all ready to bring uh, Dan Hong back. And I'm like, bring on, because he's the gift that will keep giving. Well, yeah, no, they, they've got a new, yeah. I don't believe Han Dong's coming back. And if he is, we he got a bunch of questions for him. Hey, buddy, what are you doing calling the ambassador and the consul in Toronto 12 times? Why would you contact the consul in the middle of an election campaign? Why would you not report all those phone calls to the Foreign Affairs Department, though you reported some, so you knew how that worked? There's no way in hell that MP is coming back into the government caucus. I, I, I simply don't believe it, Alex. Yeah, time, yeah. I mean, we're going to get a lot of games, but you know, the the good news. Uh, oh, I don't know if it's good news, but the the Janice Charade, the uh, Privy Council, uh, she's gone. She, she's gone into retirement just in the nick of the time. And why do we care? Well, all the Privy Council seem to kind of leave after a few months. This position's become like the Spinal Tap drummer, um, and, and we're getting a new Privy Council just to deal with all this stuff. The timing's impeccable. Well, I'm getting the vibe from you, Alex, that the wheels are off the bus of the 44th Parliament, and, and I actually think that's a rational observation. I, th I think they are. The finance minister seems to spend a lot of time out of Canada. The legislative calendar is a mess. They could barely get their budget passed or even articulate the impact of some of the consequences of the bill, omnibus budget bill, introduces or amends 51 separate acts of government. They keep doing this mud wrestling over foreign interference and suspected fraud by foreign agents, and you don't get the idea that anyone is in charge anymore. And I think that's a rational conclusion to come to. Yeah. Or feel the country's broken. And then, and, and you just know it. We're, we're going to be talking abortion, mandate, whatever, you name it. The uh, wedge issues are coming out. But uh, it's good that they've got a, uh, a liberal appointed, oh wait, independent uh, appointed senator. Now, once again, talking about the freedom convoy. Because remember, we shut the country down and, and shut bank accounts down uh, for this far-right extremist movement that no one in s intelligence said was extremist. That they'll go to the, the, the wall for, to, to continually bring up the terrorizing of Ottawa, um, and they won't do anything about the actual interference by China. Yeah, it's interesting. It's Senator Rat uh, Omidvar of uh, Toronto. And she asks in Senate question period, she describes, yeah, she describes the Freedom Convoy as an extreme far-right movement. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Ontario Provincial Police said that was not the case. They wrote that. They actually put that in writing in internal memos, that it was neither extremist nor violent, and the organizers did not have criminal records. So that part's wrong. She said that the truckers terrorized Ottawa for three weeks. I was here every single day. Every single day. They were right outside the, the, the door right here. You couldn't walk down Wellington Street in uh, Ottawa without some trucker offering you a free hot dog at their barbecue. I didn't get the terror part. But this is exactly the point. Why would the senator do that? Because she asked a, a question of the Minister of Public Safety. Can't the government track those people, she said. Can't the government keep tabs on those people and their dealings with public office holders. Oh, so it's going to be that way. And does anyone think if there was a conservative member of parliament who called the Russian embassy 12 times, that they would be 
staring at their shoes today and wondering what to do. That's the mm. point, Alex. That, that's mm-hmm. the dark point, isn't it? It is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, this yeah, this would have been long over if it were a conservative. They, they, they'd be out of government. We'd be in an election right now. I do think it's interesting, though, because I think Mr. Marco Mendicino does prove this point as to why a, a crown attorney should not go into uh, politics. But the federal court has, in fact, rejected a claim that crown prosecutors have a constitutional right to run for public office. And I look at, I used to cover his trials, Marco Mendicino, I'm like, what happened to that guy? Like, what happened to the guy I used to watch in court, <laughs> to the guy that like is, has lost his brain somewhere in Ottawa? It's crazy. I don't know who that guy is. There's a lot of crown prosecutors in public life, it's true. This was a, yeah. a, chief, a senior prosecutor in the White Horse wanted to run for the Yukon legislature, and the Public Service Commission said, no, forget it. He went to court, claimed a breach of constitutional rights, and the federal judge said, no, forget it. Long long, colorful history of Crown prosecutors who, uh, for some inexplicable reason, want to run for Mm. parliament. Mind you, I should say, you know, there's a lot of people in my business who want to run for parliament, too, which I've never understood. No, no, no. They just want Senate positions. Get it right, sorry. (laughs) I hear the buffets are fantastic over the The velvet boxes can't be returned. Yeah, well, uh, nonetheless, if you ever want to see what goes wrong when a Crown Attorney goes to Ottawa, just watch Mr. Mendicino in action. It is brilliant. Uh, I'm out of time. You've got a lot of stuff to cover, but uh, stay tuned. I have no idea where this is going day to day, but uh, keep an eye on uh, Sam Cooper, Bob Fife, and Steve Thank Chase. you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. And, of course, keep your eye on Black Locks Reporter, because they always get the goods. Beholden to nobody.